Hello, and welcome back to the Running for the Crown podcast. This is Jess, and I'm with Ben. We are two distance runners and distance running coaches from Crown Running. Today, we are going to give you a review of Cross Champs put on by Trials of Miles and Sound Running at Mount Sac in Walnut, California. The race took place on December 4th. It was a great race. Very unique experience. Yeah, it was incredible. Like being at the line with the pros and um, it was a really small race. And so we were expecting or hoping maybe for a bigger number, but. Yeah, we really had no idea what we were getting into when we signed up for it. I think we signed up in October, maybe. There really wasn't a lot of information. I think that was one of the cool things about the event is the difference between, say, a organization such as USATF versus these other great organizations, Sound Running, Trials and Miles. I really didn't know that much about them. I saw them during the pandemic a lot. And so I knew if there was ever opportunity that I really would want to run one of their races. Trials and Miles put on a lot of the Olympic qualifying events during the pandemic when a lot of the other organizations weren't having track events. And I know that was really important. They have FKT segment challenges. Which means fastest known time. Fastest known time. Yeah, they'll take a segment, however long in distance, maybe a mile, two miles, and see who can run that the fastest and give out awards based on that. So it's pretty informal, like maybe have a week time period to do that. So they're really creative in finding ways to get people running that maybe weren't readily available through other avenues. Yeah, ways to compete still. They also had the Project 13.1, so half marathon race with a lot of sub-elites. Then there's a Sound Running. Although I don't know very much probably about either of these organizations, Sound Running, it looks like they offer training plans and they have a lot of events such as the track races that they put on as well. Sunset Tour, which is sponsored by Under Armour. They came together for the Cross Champs and actually had a little bit of a buildup leading into it. They had in New York City at Ocean Breeze, they had a way to qualify. The top prize was if you won the race, you'd get free entry into the pro race at Mount Sac, uh, along with a hotel and airfare. And there's a men and women's race for that, which is more of the pro races. And then they'd also have an open there too. The second race they put on was in Austin, Texas. And it was the same type of event where there was still a team aspect to it. You could have five runners with three runners counting for the scoring. And there again, the top prize was that entry into the pro race along with airfare and transportation. So both of those races were like a prelude to the cross champs at Mount Sac with a lot of people saying that Mount Sac is the hardest cross country course in the country. I can vouch for that. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't know about running all over the country, but man, it was unreal. And it was just so different than all the races I've ever done. Starts on pavement and the straightaway is a slight downhill on pavement. They call that the airstrip. And it leads into two loops, which is the flattest part of the entire course. They call these the damn loops. And it is a little bit of rollers, but mostly pretty flat, very runnable. And then that leads up to switchbacks. And the switchback is just like it sounds. It weaves back and forth like five different, five hills leading up to the top. And then you have a long descent down to the next hill, which is called Poop Out Hill. And man, when we were doing our shakeout the day before 
on Poop Out, there's a team running behind us and they're like, you can just reach out in front of you and basically touch the ground. It was so steep. And so Poop Out is definitely the steepest hill, I would say. And it's not short either. It's probably what? It's over 200 meters, I would say, long. You get to the top of Poop Out and you come down the back side of the next hill come around and then the final hill of the first loop is called Reservoir Hill. And it's long. It's kind of a grinder. It's a long hill. It's still steeper than most cross-country courses, I would say. It's not as steep as uh, switchbacks and poop out. I think the challenge is it comes in as the third hill within the course. And the course is typically run by the high schoolers as just short of three miles. So they do the whole course once and we were doing it twice. Mm -hmm. So hitting that as your final hill is very challenging. And then you kind of go down the backside of that. The backside of that is a really steep, I mean, you can easily get out of control on that downhill. And then you lead back into another dam loop and you do one dam loop, go back up to switchbacks, then down the other side of switchbacks, back up poop out, down the other side of reservoir, up reservoir and down. And then you go into the finish. You turn to go back up the airstrip. Well, actually, we did dam loop, dam loop re- reverse. in reverse. Yep. And again, that's not typical of the high school. High school would go straight into running back up the airstrip. But instead of being on the pavement, you're on the pavement for a little bit, but they push you off to the left side going up which is grass. And it's really like (laughs) basically the only grass on the course. Yeah, And then you take a right, kind of heading back into the stadium, which they call the gauntlet. It's kind of like that dirt, maybe like a crushed limestone of sort. Mm -hmm. And then there's just a final slight uphill into the grass as you head in towards the stadium. And that's really the finish there. Yeah. My GPS said 5.58 and a little over 600 feet of elevation gain in, um, they call it a 10K, but it's a 10K worth of work, but it's not quite 6.2 miles. It was hands down the hardest course I've done just because the climbs, but then you come off of the climbs and the downhill shreds your quads. and, And so it just really takes the pep out of your legs and just trying to grind it out, I guess. And, you know, during the race, I'm like, oh, this is not something I need to do again. And then after the race, or not too long after, I was like, okay, I need to come back and do this again. (laughs) Definitely. I felt that. It was very, very challenging. The way to probably run that the best is you really got to hit those downhills hard. Yeah. And that's where you're going to make up time and, you know, just be real conservative, especially doing the two loops. Really got to be conservative on that first loop, which was kind of the game plan, yep. and then start really picking it up uh, across that second loop there. Yeah. And it was just fun for us to not only run the course, but then, uh, I mean, we ran it with the, the women's pro field and some other sub-elite men. And then to right after we ran, we got to watch the pro men race it. And that was super cool to be sitting in places that you just crossed as a runner, such as Poop Out Hill, and see the pro runners just, in a way, I mean, everybody struggles running up it, you know? And they were talking out loud, too, you know, like, they get to that hill, and they're like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) It was fun to hear that. So, yeah, the caliber of runners that were there was phenomenal. I mean, you had Tinman Elite, you had Hanson's Brooks, you had Danny Shanahan from Hoka, NAZ Elite, 
Dylan Maggard from Hoka ended up winning the men's pro race. Jermaine Coleman from 10 Men Elite got second, and Zach Panning from Hanson's Brook got third. So there was that individual component to the racing, but also the team component too. I think there was teams of five at least and with the top four scoring. And I mean, you could see them pack up in the beginning. 10 Men Elite was kind of in the front. Hanson Brook was maybe like 10 seconds behind about that coming through after the first loop. I think one of the coolest things of the race for me was actually seeing Zach Panning just close so fast. He was with all the other Hanson's Brooks and and he just started picking people off in that last loop. And I saw him going back up the airstrip and he was definitely approaching Jermaine Coleman for that second, third position. Um, he didn't quite catch him, but I think what also was cool for that is Zach then ran the USATF Club Cross Championships the next weekend and got to see him race there. And just knowing the type of shape that he was in and the course that he came off of a cross-country trip there and seeing how he competed there was awesome. So in the women's field, there was um, Ellie Bachowski from Brooks Beast, Amy Davis from Hanson's Brooks, and Olivia Pratt from Hanson's Brooks that got first, second, and third. On the women's side, it was kind of a women's men's open scoring system, which was which was pretty cool. The Hanson's Brooks won it with an all women field, Coastal Elite, and then Evolve Track Club got second and third, and those were men's open runners. So, Jess, how did you approach your training leading into this? I know in the segment you had three races. One was the Turkey Trot 10K in Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Then you had this race, the Cross Champs at Mount Sac. And then the third race was going to be your goal race, the USATF Club Cross Championships. So with this being your B race, I knew that you were really preparing for it, though, as well. What did you do to get ready? I think that the specific hill reps at a grade that was going to be similar to the grade that we were going to be racing on was key. One workout that I have, no, sorry, I have two in my head that come to mind that I thought about during the race as well. Like I always come back to those key workouts that really tested me and that that I had success in when I'm racing so that I can use that positive energy to keep me going in the race. But one was a workout that I did on one of our favorite gravel road routes called Mitchell Mill, just south of Dubuque. And it was a set of two minutes up a certain grade that was going to be similar to one of the hills. And then it was like a, I don't know, a few mile run to a different hill. And then I had 30 second reps up that one. And so it was just like it, using a different hill grades and then different times of each of those. I think it was just like training the different type of power needed for those hills. I felt was really helpful. And then another workout that Ben and I did together was in the Mines of Spain where we looped through Horseshoe Bluff and did, I guess, a ladder type of workout where it was a certain amount of minutes on and then minutes off. The way that the hard segments fell a lot of times was on the hill or on the downhill. So it really just gave us a chance to work both of those, work the uphills, work the downhills, work the flats. And those were both workouts that I think that were really good for the specificity of these races. Yeah, because I think you need to recover then as well, especially Mm -hmm. the one in the Mines of Spain where 
the minutes that you were on were different each time you yeah. would run back and forth, basically. So you'd go up a hill one side, then down, and it was flat across, and then it'd go up a hill on the other side. And mm-hmm. the one hill was definitely longer and steeper, but you train, you're training yourself to run hard up the hill, but also still running hard down, but trying to recover. Yeah. And so I think what people can take away from the training that Nick Hogger had you do, he knew Mount Sac, he raced it a lot. And yeah. so he knew kind of the grade percentage of the hills. And, and so you were able to basically train on similar hills that you would be racing in. And I think that's mm-hmm. an important aspect when you're going to run a race Try and simulate the temperature or the... Of course, the yeah, terrain. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. the, the terrain that you're running on. And that was another thing that actually why we ran in the mines of Spain, because it was more of a crushed limestone. It wasn't... Yeah. We didn't pick a grass course to necessarily go run on because it's not a grass course, which is completely yeah. different than in Tallahassee at Appalachee State Park there. That is an all grass. It's almost like a... Well, we had grass and seashells. Crushed seashells. <laughs> yeah. But it, the grass component is almost like a golf course. Yep. But leading up to the Tallahassee, then I shifted some of the workouts to grass. You know, it doesn't take very much, I think, just to get... It's like the neuromuscular adaptation that happens when you're training on the type of surface that you're going to be racing on. Maybe it's more psychological, maybe a little both, but I think it's still all beneficial because then you just go into your race feeling like you've done the best that you can to prepare. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to touch on a lot of the cool things that went into this event. We signed up for this event early on before we even knew exactly what it was about. I mean, (laughs) there wasn't even a race schedule. We didn't really know what we were getting into. We didn't see the the list of participants until we got off the flight, basically, and we're like, oh boy. Uh, Uh, And how few people were in our race. In the race and the elite caliber that we're racing. Let's talk about the film festival the night before. I mean, this was a weekend event, not just a solo race. And there was a lot going on at Mount Sac at that time. And I think- Those of the high school- was it their regional championship? Well, it's the East Bay West region. So formerly the Foot Locker Championships championship. yeah. that were put on in the morning. And so I was kind of wondering how they were going to manage all that, but that really didn't seem to affect them. It was all cleared out by the time we at got all. there. At all, yeah. In the schedule, like in the calendar, I should say, this was the weekend before USATF Club Cross. So you're kind of looking at a similar type of runner or group of runners. I mean, this was a team event coming to California the weekend before a big race has been on the schedule for over a year, cross country in Tallahassee. So Hanson's Brooks made the trip to both. And I saw a lot of runners um, running at both of these events. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was, we'll say ballsy of the Sound running and trials and miles to to do something like that. Well, it's just taking a risk. It's definitely a big risk. They know that USATF is established, and but there was a lot of cool things that they could do too that maybe the bigger organizations couldn't do. And they had a film festival, which was great. Alexi Pappas, yeah, Alexi Pappas hosted it. Um, is sponsored by Seal Athletics, and the we found out there that Seal Athletics is creating a film branch, basically, and so. They had people submit two-minute short films 
uh, about running and they could have been dramas, comedies. They had about everything there. There was a huge range. They were all And then they selected the top 12 and they actually got 35 submissions, which kind of blew me away and I knew it blew them away away because they really didn't have a long time period. Like we said, everything was kind of spontaneous in a way. Mm -hmm. So it was just so cool how they did it. We were on the track on some bleachers, like by where like the high jump would be. And they have this huge screen that the films were on. And it was just so cool. Brendan Clark of Trials of Miles. And then Alexi Pappas would review each film after it was presented. And then they would play the next one. And we got a vote on the fan favorite. And the Mm -hmm. fan favorite got $500 just for winning that category. The films were also reviewed and voted on by a select panel, some from CL Athletics, Trials of Miles. Probably the best place I think to go watch them is on the CL Athletic website. You can see actually the whole film festival was recorded there, and then you can watch each two-minute clip as well. And the winner of the film festival then got to work with CL Athletics to help create their next film. Yeah, it was a very cool thing. It was very cool to hear Alexi and the other guys up there kind of reviewing from the artist's point of view is a part of, you know, I guess not something that I have a lot of knowledge in. Oh, yeah, I have zero knowledge. It was that. just cool to hear their perspective and the things that they noticed and the things that they really liked and the things they wanted more of. And and it was just, yeah, that was a really fun part of it for me. Yeah, because I think at first I was just looking at it from entertainment aspect like what did this film give me to entertain me but they're looking at it from the art standpoint and how it was presented what its meaning is and really in depth so I think that would be cool I haven't watched the replay of the film festival but I really started to watch the movies differently over the yeah, course of the 12. I, I did too. From a different perspective, I was looking at different things and some were very inspirational and just lots of lots of cool stories. Not only do they bring high caliber participants to the races with the pro runners, but they also brought a lot of people from social media that have high profiles in social media. They had two black runners, the podcast there, doing interviews at the end. And then they also had a kind of live podcast presentation with Tinman Elite at a coffee shop. We didn't get to go to that. That was the day before. They also had Jeff Merrill from Tracklandia. He was one of the announcers along with Colleen Quigley. And then just kind of people walking around. There was the athlete special. Spencer Brown was there. Just all kinds of really good runners. Ryan Hall, we saw him just standing there with his family. His daughter had raced in the morning, and he must have stuck around for a while as you're just kind of hanging out. So definitely a star-studded field, and then also just a lot of people hanging around. And you could get pretty up close to them and kind of just see them either warming up and running or just uh, socializing with people. And that was really cool to see. Yeah, it's cool that running our sport just, it offers so many opportunities that I think that if you're in the, you know, local 5k scene or whatever, you don't really have the awareness that is going on. But if you just dig a little bit, there is just so many 
opportunities to have these really cool experiences. I think that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to present this to everybody is some people might not know that all this is going on behind the scenes in running. You know, they see the pandemic, the shutdown of races, but the pro athletes still need to hit performance standards. They still need to do their Olympic standards to get into the trials. They still need to be racing. They still need to be racing, yeah, and competing. I mean, that's yeah. their that's their livelihood. That's what they're training for from a mental aspect wise to just right. getting to do what what their job is. There's these small but getting bigger businesses that are really taking off at, that are helping these athletes. And one of the cool things that I didn't touch on is how they paid the athletes in this as yeah. far as the prize money. And they had pay-per-view, and if you bought the $5.99 subscription to watch the, the race, the live, coverage. the live coverage of the race, then portion of that money would, almost all of it, would go to the runners. And if they hit a certain criteria of number of people that subscribed, then it would bump up the prize money for in- individuals and teams. And I thought that was really cool that they would give that money back to the runners. And that's what they seem to be doing in all of their events. So if you get a chance, definitely check out Sound Running, Trials of Miles. There's a lot of footage from the Mount Sac Cross Championships. They had drone footage there. Like I said, it was Jeff Merrill and Colin Quigley were the announcers. You can see it on Two Black Runners. Just check it out. I think you're going to see a lot from these companies in the future. And maybe even a cross-country tour comes out of this. And with everything leading up to possible inclusion of cross-country in the Olympics, whether it's winter or summer, I think there's a lot of exciting things for cross-country out there. It is exciting. So thanks for listening. And remember, enjoy your journey and get running for your crown.